Our special guest on this week's episode is Coach John Bodner. John Bodner is a great friend of mine from our days in grad school at Cabrini University. We coached together under Andy Hayes at Episcopal Academy for many years. During those years, John started the Philly Face-Off League. In 2009, that league started. It still runs today, and all of the area's best face-off athletes go there to train with John. Any youth lacrosse players or high school players sharpening up their skills or looking to learn or find competition at that position, seek out John. He's been a huge influence on the Philly lacrosse community, and he's got tremendous enthusiasm for the game of lacrosse. He was a great guest today, talking shop with myself and Coach Leahy, and we're excited to share this episode with you. Once again, our guest, John Bodner of the Philly Faceoff League. Let's go! Welcome to the More Than a Club podcast with Marty Cuprian and Delay. Welcome to More Than a Club podcast, season four, episode two. I'm your co-host, Bill Leahy, and excited to be back with Coach Coop and our outstanding guest. For our loyal listeners out there, keep our reviews and ratings coming. We appreciate your feedback and are excited to take off here in season four. Thanks, Bill. Really excited for tonight. We're going to zoom in on the position face-off midfielder. Uh, One of my good friends, uh, someone from back in the day, helped us get started and rolling with Next. We're going to move quickly with today's show. Uh, Slightly adjusted season four format. Let's get right to it, and we're going to push the tempo today. John Bodner, representing Philly Faceoff League. John, take us right into it today with a youth sports hot topic that's relevant to you in the lacrosse world. What is up, guys? Uh, Really appreciate uh, you guys bringing me on here. my hot topic, I'm going to, you know, just keep it real simple. I'm going to, the high school versus club drama that that's been happening now since post COVID, um, you know, there's so many events out there and between the club stuff and the high school stuff, you know, I'm getting emails from parents, texts from the kids saying, Hey, what, what should I play in this weekend or during the, you know, or even during the week. And it's becoming, there's just so much stuff out there. So high school versus club, that's what I got for you guys right now. So what do you say to folks? Honestly, I mean, it depends. It it honestly depends on the event. It depends on the weekend. Um, It depends on your high school coach. Depends on your club coach. You know, there's there's a couple different factors. You know, there's a a lot of different factors in um, each of these events. Um, But my, you know... Personally, you know, I'm, I'm high school first. And um, especially if you're an older guy and you've been committed, to, you know, to your program for a long time. And if and especially if you're like a captain or something like that, then I think there's, you know, a lot still that that holds its weight. So walk me through like a typical phone call you get you get from mom. She's calling. She's asking about we can make up names, make up events. But sure. What does it sound like? It sounds like, hey, you know, Johnny has a. This this weekend, Johnny's playing in so and so with LaSalle, but he has a club tournament with so and so club. And you know what should I do? And it's a loaded question. And you know, I it all you know. There's a there's a bunch of different factors that go into it, but 
it, it you know, I'm kind of, it's an open-ended question. You know, there's, there's no right or wrong answer to it, but, um, and every scenario is different. Yeah. Every scenario could be different. Yeah. It makes me think of overcommitment, you know, where they feel like they're letting someone down either way. And there's really no right answer. It feels like it's a great point because, you know, most 16 year olds, they don't want to, you know, let anybody down. So they'll try to play in everything. You know, they'll, they'll, you know, I, I knew a guy who played with his high school team uh, on a Friday in like Baltimore. And then he had to drive all the way up to Long Island on Saturday to go play with his club. So it, it you know, you ha- it's, ta- it's taxing on the parents. It's taxing on the kid. Um, it's, it's stressful. So how about, you know, burnout overuse, uh, for you as a coach that works with so many individual athletes and is kind of in touch with their mental game, I guess, you know, what's that like? Like you said, post COVID, it's been wild. Yeah. I mean, for faceoff guys, especially it's a lot on the body and, you know, for that position position specifically, you know, you have to make sure that you're, that you, that you're fully healthy, um, and we'll get into we can get into that in a little bit, but you have to be at one hundred percent playing in these events. And they're not racehorses. Racehorses break down. Why would our young people not break down? Just playing way too much. Absolutely. I, that's and and just goes back to my point. Now between since post COVID, I mean, there's you know you have you have these kids playing in three to four high school tournaments a summer on top of their club stuff, on top of their individual. Sh- uh, showcases that they're playing in, so I, I know. And a kid, your guys are training, and they might know, be playing football, and, and they got to keep that, you know, their that whistle in their head, and and so you know, we have kids now who are over the summer playing for you know, thirty, forty days in a row, and it's, it's taxing. It's a problem. So when we talk about loaded questions, respond to this. They play too much. It's. I, I would say that's pretty fair. Definitely. Great. Well, I know uh, your focus really has been with training, and it's been really special to watch you as a coach over probably the last 15 years. So uh, let's get into our getting to know you. Uh, coach Leahy and I have some kind of leading questions and topics for you, but you know, I, I've mentioned training. Uh, we've teased the, the Philly Faceoff League, um, but really kind of take us into your love for lacrosse and, and where that's led you and in a quick introduction for our listening audience. Yeah, so I I got into lacrosse probably about fourth or fifth grade. Uh, I grew up in North Jersey, it, uh, some great lacrosse in that area, yeah. and I had some um, had a you know grew up in a little town called Madison in Morris County, and we had a great youth program. And my father uh, was huge into lacrosse. He played at Hobart, and was just, I was just always around um, in the sport and. Um, you know, went to, you know, it was an okay, you know, listen, I, I mean, I was an okay player in high school. I did pretty well. You know, I had a good high school career, went to, you know, at, didn't play club back then. It wasn't really around. And, um, what year did you graduate high school? Oh, wait, or no, oh, four, oh, four, four. Okay. Yeah. Oh, four. And club was just kind of popping up, you know, like I went, uh, I played in the same youth, uh, lacrosse you know, league as, as Ned Crotty from Duke and a couple of those guys. And they were all playing tri-state and stuff like that. And I, I just had no interest in, in kind of playing all year round like some of those guys did. But, sure. um, you know, 
shout out to Steve Colfer. You know, he uh, had must have seen me at maybe a uh, camp or something and heard about me and came to a couple of my high school games. And um, I had never heard of Cabrini at the time. You know, I, I couldn't tell you where it was at the time. And uh, he reached out and I, I did an overnight and um, had a lot of fun. Ended up, you know, it, it ended up at Cabrini and um, kind of never looked back. And uh, graduated there in 08. And um, love it. And and then you and I met maybe 08, 09. Yeah. Uh, we were in a in grad school grad. class. And yep. uh, you sounded, it all started. I think you sounded like a lacrosse guy. So I had to go befriend you and something like that. I think and, we were the only two guys in the class. Yeah. Which was uh, <laughs> always a good, you know, a good uh, ratio <laughs> yeah. for us through the uh, elementary education years. But right. So your track was to be a teacher, and did you did you want to be a coach? As yeah, well? I always knew that I, I enjoyed working with kids, and I you know listen I I'm not the um, I, I didn't have the you know elite you know playing career resume you know and uh, listen I wasn't you know you know made some you know questionable decisions in college and and uh, you know I and so I and I feel like that's kind of molded me. And, and, and kind of driven me into being so passionate about what I'm doing now. You know, I wasn't a pro. I wasn't, you know, wasn't all American in college. You know, I had potential, but I just never had somebody really, I feel like who could have really um, taken me to that level, you know? Um, and that's really why I'm, I'm just so passionate about it now. So awesome. Um, what was the first uh, coaching gig and, and I guess, you know, how, how quickly did you realize how into it you were? Yeah, I mean, so you know, I, I met Marty, you know, I met you, at, you know, in that classroom at Cabrini back in 09. I can still remember it. And you were like, hey, you know, what are you, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> what are we doing what, Saturday? What, yeah, like, what are you, what are you up to these days? And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm just, just, just graduate. I literally, I just graduated Cabrini in April or in May. And then I'm, I'm in a grad class in June getting my master's in education. And I'm like, I not much. He's like, you, you ever think about coaching? Like, I know this guy at this school who's looking for coaches. And I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah, sure. I'll check it out. And, you know, it's called Episcopal Academy. And I was living in media at the time. And um, so you set it up. You set me up with Andy Hayes at Episcopal. And the there rest was kind of history. Awesome. Um, that's good. It gets me going. So uh, back then, Coach Leahy was coaching at LaSalle. Oh, you yeah. know, I remember uh, we stole one on Sonia Field Friday night. Right? It was a night game. Yeah, threw Graham. a zone at them. They hadn't practiced the zone. I, I blocked that out. Feliziani <laughs> yeah. took took care of business at the X, I believe. Um, so uh, good memory there. But uh, you know, shortly after that, I remember you kind of starting to work with the area's best faceoff guys on Episcopal's campus, and you're really up to something. And um, you know, tell us about the start of the Philly Faceoff League, and you know, really your your hustle and your passion that's gone into that. Yeah. So once I got hired at Episcopal, uh, I was a JV coach and Haverford and Malvern seemed like they had some really strong faceoff guys. And Hayes knew that I, you know, had a faceoff background. He's like, Hey, why don't you work with some of these guys just to, you know, try to, so they can hold their own when, you know, when we play them. So I'm like, all right. Drew Kennedy comes to town. Yeah, Drew Kennedy. Yeah. Um, who's a kid that went to uh, another Liam O. Liam O'Connor. No, Liam. Yeah, he yeah. was good, but Liam O'Connor at Haverford was a stud back then. So I'm like, all right, yeah. So I, I start working with some of these guys, and they start holding their own. And you know, we had one guy in particular who was a freshman when I first got there, John Garino, 
who had never faced off ever before his <laughs> freshman year. And he just kind of started getting better and better. And, and, you know, as we all know, he exploded his senior year and ended up in Maryland. And um, we had, you know, so the, I, was at a, I was at Episcopal for about seven or eight years. And we had a, a couple really good face, uh, a couple, we've, we were able to develop a couple of really good face-off guys in each class. Yeah. And it got to the point where, like, they were just so tired of practicing against each other. I said to myself, well, how are we going to, you know, how are we going to really get them to the next level? You know, because you could, it just, you know, when you're playing the same guy every single day and, and, and train, you know, and taking the same reps against them, it's like, it, you just, you, it's you, old. Yeah, you hit a plateau. You know what I mean? So at the time, back in 09, there was nothing out there for, Face-off guys, you know, high-level face-off guys, starting face-off guys for their varsity teams to go and practice. And I had searched the internet. I'm like, look, and there were guys who were like running these three, four-hour clinics, you know, who were, who were doing some stuff. But there was no weekly, you know, face-off practice. And, that, you know, probably by like 2013 or 2014, I was like, I... I, I started emailing and calling some of the top guys on like the central league, Catholic league interact. And I'm like, listen, you know, why don't you come meet me at Episcopal? Let's go get some, you know, let's get some practice together. If we, if we can all practice together, we'll go to another level that you never knew you could get to because these guys are all just playing their high school backups and stuff like that. And you're just, it, 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 it's not doing it, you know? And it was tough at, at first because a lot of these guys kind of hated each other. You know, it was it, it's so much different these days because, you know, now like you have, you know, the top guys kind of just meeting up on weekends to go practice with each other. But I was pulling in and looking at Instagram and you see a Haverford kid posting a Malvern kid. Yeah, it's just like everybody a loves everybody. Fraternity, which, and you've created some of that with those guys in the position just going – we're going to work right here and we're going to sharpen each other up and and it's everyone else is in trouble. Yeah, I mean listen, like now like when kids commit, it's like I'm so it makes me so happy to see all the other guys like supporting them and doing everything. But I just I have to remind them. I go, when you line up against him though, I don't, you know, show no mercy. You know, like yeah. it's like I still want you to have that that killer instinct, you know, and um and so it's just it, it you know, it it's been cool to watch. So is that the secret sauce of the league, that there's camaraderie, there's talent, there's iron sharpening iron? Am I missing something? Yeah, I mean, it's – and when you show up to my practices, you know, it's – you need to – no matter who you're playing, it's got to be that same mindset. you got to be, a, you know, a wild man for those couple seconds of that face-off's going on. And especially now with the rule changes, which we can get into, um, you know, ground balls and, you know, the guy with the strongest stick skills uh, are certainly going to be the, uh, at the cream of the crop. Because whatever it is, whatever the it is that you guys got over there, I mean, Philly's known for our faceoff guys throughout the country at the college level, and a whole lot of that has to deal, do with your league. I mean, yeah, listen, I mean, what they do in college, I, I, I'm, I'm their biggest fans. They work, they have extremely strong work ethics but i do like to imagine that they kind of develop that that killer instinct and that strong kind of mental mindset you know when when they were coming up with us as as young pups 
So you'll probably leave a couple folks out, but rattle off some of your face off. I mean, you could uh, listen. You know, I mean, go look at the first, second, and third team All Americans, right? Yeah, humble, Zach Cole, humble guy. I like so, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you had Zach Cole. Yeah, you had Mike's. Uh, you had Luke Weirman at Westchester and, and Westchester Henderson, who, and he's just like stock rising oh, every. Man. We could have. We could do every a, day. We could do. A, we could do a whole episode on Luke Weirman. Yeah, and then <laughs> you had Zach Cole at St. Joe's, who's just. I mean, he, same thing. Like same deal. On his way up. Totally I remember under. When he wasn't starting at his high school. Ohio type. State should have scooped him up, but yeah. you know, hey, what are you gonna do? But but um, uh, yeah, Zach Cole. You had, and then you, and then you know, Sis, Mike Sisselberger. Bob, Mike Sisselberger. Yeah. Jake Fopp, you know, third most, you know, face-off wins of all time at Syracuse. You had James Riley, who's who's probably after this year going to be the all-time uh, face-off wins leader at, at Georgetown. And then you got some young pups coming up in college in in D1 who are who are ready to uh, make some noise. So you should be really proud of that coach. It's it, it's really fun to watch. I, I really enjoy uh, seeing their success and and just seeing all that hard work paying off. So, Bods, let's talk a little bit more uh, about the Philly Faceoff League. Just like business, strategy, growth. Um, who else, you know, coaches or runs yeah. that with you? Right. You know, social media marketing. Are you like a one-man, two-man show? And then, um, you know, what's the future? Like, how does this yeah. carry forward? So, like I said, I was at Episcopal, and I, I had a couple really, you know, I was training some really good couple kids at Episcopal. And my partner at, at PFL, Mike Delente. He was coaching, and I was coaching with NXT, whom we had at the time some really good faceoff guys back then. Oh yeah. So every class, two every of them class going yeah. D one, like D one. Yeah. So Mike Delente, my partner, he was coaching at Dukes, and he was working with the faceoff guys at Malvern. So okay. and I okay. went to Cabrini with him back in the day. We were both faceoff guys at Cabrini back in the day. So. Tell I Coach Delente well. we said hello. Oh, I will. I definitely will. And uh, so I, I'll never forget. I, I met up with him one night in Malvern at the Sterling Pig, and we had dinner. And I was like, "Listen, you know, you have some. You train some really good faceoff guys. I train some really good faceoff guys. What if we got them together once a week and we just we just went at it?" And he's like, "I, you know, I I love it." And at the time, there was really nothing like that out there. So I'll never forget it. Episcopal Academy in the snow one day in December. We, we got together and... and um, Protesto and Ernst. Yeah, and all those guys. Yeah, and, and it was we kind of never looked back from there. Talk to me about like business. Like, How does it work at Mainline Sports Center? It looks like you kind of fill the room or you have like a steady roster of kids yeah. that come to you and train. Yeah, we don't... You know, it's a little bit different, you know, with some trainings like... you. With us, you just show up and pay. You know, we don't want to lock people into a certain amount of weeks or, you know, like Overcoming, everybody. Yeah. yeah, everybody's everybody's busy. You know, everybody has stuff going on. So if you could come train with us, you just show up and pay. You know, okay. we just try to make it as easy as possible. For I families. like that, Coach. It's like old school. Old school. Yeah. No, I'm no old, frills. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to get better? Show up. Exactly. I love how you've extended it down and kind of realized the market of like, oh, Kids are trying to do this and learn this earlier and earlier. Yeah. And also coaches are recognizing the need. So um, it's been cool to see your product kind of grow and also your influence in the community just multiply there. Yep. And, you know, there needs to be a healthy balance with it. If, if, if you're a younger player trying to get into facing off, you know, I, I feel like the face off midfielder now needs to be needs to work 
just as hard as a regular midfielder because you need to have elite level stick skills on top of having elite level faceoff technique, you know? And so you have to develop that kind of healthy balance. So when they come to me, they're working strictly with facing off, you know, when they're working with their club program or with their high school program, I try to tell them, go get in as many regular midfield drills as you can, because the guy with the best stick is going to see the most interest at the next level. Coach Leahy, you've probably seen faceoff guys go both ways. Some go, When's the fa- when are the face-off reps? Is there a face-off coach? Am I getting you know my, my butt wiped today? And there's the other guy who goes, I'm just going to go be a lacrosse player and hop in all your drills, and if you give me special time, I'm going to take advantage. Um, but which guy would you would you prefer? Yeah, I would love to hear this. A D-Mitty. A D-Mitty when you yeah. lose, you're a D-Mitty. Yeah. So go get in the defensive lines. Play down low, play up top, go against all kinds of players. Because if you get caught out there, everybody's going to oh. know you're out there and you're a face That's the guy. first question college coaches is like, is this guy a liability after the whistle? And, you know, it's you're the tape. Does, yeah, or, the tape yeah. doesn't lie. You know, it, it's, it won't be hard to tell. You can't if, sub if, everybody through the mid. No, you cannot. Get you, get you off the field. <laughs> no. And I agree. As a Baltimore guy, right? Stick, stick, stick. Yeah. Your stick work. I can get you on the field at the high school level if you got a sweet stick. Yeah. If you don't I, turn it over, if you're a value to the team, then you stay on the field. I tell guys too, go get, go play box. You know, you're not taking that many faceoffs, and that's that's a good thing. Just go work, you know, in that in those tight. Because listen, when you're facing off, you got to pick up those ground balls in tight spots. You gotta, you gotta make some make you know make some throws and catches in in, in tight windows. Go play box. Don't worry about facing off, and you'll see it. You know it. it translates you know onto a uh onto a regular field yeah look at baptiste oh my god you get in there yeah, you play lacrosse definitely. it's small space we've had so many guests talking no about doubt. the value of box but the other one is just the toughness you know if you're going to get down low with one other guy while the entire crowd and benches and players on the field watch you two get down at the x like i think that's a part that's kind of not spoken about it's just the two of you and everybody's going to watch a winner and a loser and if we end up with a ground ball then all other nine players are involved right but for a while there it's just the two of you right all right and you will win or you will lose and at the end of the day besides the scoreboard they will count your score yeah you were two for not you were two for nine no doubt or you were 11 for one and the difference you make i mean i remember the old ridley days in the late 90s where they would have amazing face-off guys most people played both ways but they would win a face-off of course sit on the ball forever Three-minute possession, score, one nothing. You feel like you're down 5 nothing, <laughs> But then back to the face-off X, where they win again, and you haven't seen the ball. There's another three-minute possession. It's now five minutes in. You're down 2 nothing, and you haven't had the ball yet. Right. All from it's the power of the face-off X. Right. Not only that, your bench is demoralized. There's no energy. You've had one possession. You rushed it. And the face-off, face-off X becomes this black hole that well, that, you just and, can't get out of. And that's when guys are like, well, do you think it'll ever go back to – the way it was it's like why well how how when you have that when you can have that kind of advantage for your team there's just no way it's it's that you're always you're always going to have you're always going to need to have a strong face-off guy as long as as long as facing off is still in the game so talk to me like what do you notice in athletes or what do you look for in face-off capabilities and if you came to my fourth grade youth practice and just watch stuff and you've done this before and called me about kids, what would you be talking about? Like, what are the... Well, I listen, I mean, you know, back in 2020, they switched from a knee-down face-off to a stand, you know, to a standing 
standing neutral grip face off. So the way you hold the stick yep. and pretty much everything kind of got turned upside down once that happened. And to be honest, I liked it because yeah. the guy with, you know, it really is true. The guy with the stronger stick, the guy who can, what's old is new again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No yeah. doubt. And you know, the guy who can pick up a ground ball on the first, you know, the first try is going to, you know, find the most success. So, when I'm listen, if I'm at a fourth grade practice right now, I'm I am going after the kid that's just he can't sit still. He's like, <laughs> he, he's just an absolute animal on the ground. He's he's tough. He's um, he's just kind of got that killer instinct, and I can work with you know the the hand you know the the technique stuff and the hand speed stuff. We can work with that, but you know it's it's the guy who's not afraid to get a little physical and. Um, you know, and get his, uh, and, you know, get a little wild out there. So if we change direction a little bit and go to the high school scene, yeah, you see a lot of it. You're watching different teams and schools. Do you have some schools that you watch and say that program from faceoffs down is is in good shape? It's in good shape. I mean, you could look at any interact school right now, and every interact school probably has a Division One face. Other than GA, has a Division One faceoff guy right now. You know, and and those coaches do a good job of kind of identifying, you know, some of these kids when they're in middle school. Uh, you know, Springfield High School. Shout out to Tom Lemieux out there. He's had a lot of success at uh, at the faceoff position. You know, he's a guy who uh, sees the value in it. Uh, LaSalle, another school. So yeah, it it really depends on on the head coach and how they kind of view the faceoff right now. How do you advocate for your athletes? I mean, I would say you're kind of an agent. At times, you're getting like kids' stats from fall ball or summer club tournaments oh, yeah. from their parents. Yeah. You're talking parents off a ledge. You're like a therapist. Yeah. I mean, try to describe your unique role and why you like it. Like yeah. Why you answer those? Things. I get very into it. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm texting with a dad <laughs> at 8 a.m. You know, he's been doing me. it since 2009. He's text, yeah, he's texting me video of his kid down in Delaware. You know, like he's sending me 10 separate face-offs. Of, but uh, but times probably sixty you know. kids, I'm sure. Yeah, it's so crazy. but I, you know I, but I enjoy you know seeing how what they're doing with me, how it kind of translates onto a field, and again, it goes back to me not having, um, you know, somebody that I that I could have uh, that, that could have pushed you, me. Yeah, push no, you know what I mean. Top. And yeah. I'm just you know, and shout out to all the parents out there that you know they, you know, if if you're listening, you you know what you know you know how involved I get and how much I deeply care about these players and you know it and and now I'm, I've been fortunate enough to really um, get to know a lot of college coaches and um, yeah you've seen I mean you've you've developed kids just like we have with next where we're going wow like that kid was in middle school yesterday yeah. I thought and now he's um, a professional trying to sell me insurance or manage my money yeah, yeah. and coach um, so but you've you've had national championship guys uh, come back and coach that next day and pass it on, and it's really cool. You've definitely had a special place in the Philly lacrosse community and special influence, and you've you found a, you know the right fit for you to make a difference. So it's awesome. Yeah, you make a big difference in the lives of high school teams and coaches like me. Yeah. But I'm curious, like the flip side, in some ways, yeah, you're an agent and you're a super advocate for your families. But you're not there like at my LaSalle practice, right? You don't know what's going down sure. every day, yeah. all the different dimensions, all the frustrations. And that kind of puts you in the middle a little bit. 
So I could just see Anthony Giuliani, who, you know, oh, yeah. I adore. He's calling you and saying, Lay, he's a jerk. Yeah. So frustrated. Yeah. He's, he's using three polls. Are you kidding me? He doesn't and, think I'm going to commit next weekend, but yeah. you, you think I am, you yeah. know? I kind of, yeah, you... listen, I should have, I feel like I should have some sort of a, you know, part-time, you know, psychology degree, you know, <laughs> especially, you know, listen, face-off parents are a different breed. Man. You know, I love them to death, but I'm telling you, um, you know, it's, it's, it's up and down, you know, you'll have one weekend, you know, if, if, if you lose more than you win, it's, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta calm them down a little bit, you know? So I, you know, I, listen, I've, I'm a special ed teacher. I've been a teacher now for 10 years. I, you know, I, I like to think I'm a very, I'm pretty patient. So, you know, I think that kind of, kind of works side by side a little bit. Cause you can't bury the high school coach. Yeah. So I like to think I'm kind of a part-time therapist, part-time coach. <laughs> Definitely. You know? Even for those kids running off the field, I mean, uh, oh yeah, they have an interest. I know at, at Haverford, I feel like, yep, um, you know the McCarthy's really well. And, oh yeah, and yeah, you got to keep even, them grounded. Even yeah. at Haverford, they consider you like their main coach, and they're they're talking about things that you would talk about. And I'm kind of just like support sometimes. Um, but yeah, it's it's that five seconds coming off. Of Trying to keep that next face off mentality. You know, it's like okay, maybe things didn't go necessarily how you wanted to on this one but listen the yo, face off you've got whisper, a whole other game to go people have probably called yeah, you. yeah yeah a little bit. i like that yeah but in some ways i think i see you as like today people are hiring a quarterback coach yeah and then the quarterback coach is showing off at practice and the quarterback coach has comments to the kid while the head coach is trying to do something else and yeah then there's like conflict there and you look at the college level too i mean some of the some of the top teams that have some of these top face-off guys on it have specific Face-off coaches. Now, so, recently, right? Recently. Like, yeah. Recently, in the last couple of years. But before so. that, it might be uh, just a volunteer assistant or the clueless goalie coach. Oh, you know, it's absolutely. someone just forced into it. Um, so, yeah, I think you've pushed it forward for sure. I would ask you, uh, the Philly club scene, you know, um, when we first started coaching together, really the pillars of next were no dads and professional coaches, but really – a roster that was committed to each other for a year or for more than that. So continuity of uh, the club was kind of a new thing there. Um, and now every club has a, you know, teams at every grad year. So a little bit of what you've seen over the last decade. It's certainly grown. Uh, it's, it, it's certainly grown. There's a lot of good players. My, my biggest thing is, okay, as, as your face-off coach, you need to go and play the best face-off guys. You know, and sometimes that you run into issues with that, and play the um, best. you want to play the best. You always want to play the best, and so you know, there's there's a whole bunch of different factors that go into that. But you know, it's been it's been just amazing to see the growth in this area in ten years. Just who, who are some of the clubs that you know you? Someone from uh, out of this region says, "Oh, like who do you work with in Philly, and who do you trust?" And yeah, I mean, you, you, know, you know, I. You and I go way back, you know. Sure. There's the NXTs, the Dukes, the Triple H, uh, Sankeys, um, Freedom. I mean, I, I we're an inclusive group at Next, so we're, right. we say everyone's name, you know, or some of yeah, them yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. will block yeah. it out. Like um, we want the Philly region to be awesome, and and obviously, like we're more than a club, so a lot of those groups, you know, we feel like we're helping them. Yeah, um, even if, it, if, if it's they interesting don't. too, because it's not like just one club that's yeah, that just pumps out the best teams. Like you'll have one 2026 team from one team from one club that's like a top ten team. Then you got a 27 team that's 
that's loaded from another club. So it's it's interesting to me kind of how um, how it all kind of folds. And it's confusing for us. So I can only right. imagine what yeah, it's like yeah. for some parent that's, you know, shopping around and, um, you know, and asking good questions. So I, I really don't worry about it for me personally as, yeah. as a face-off coach until they're in high school. Okay. You know, let them have fun, you know, in middle school and all that. And then when they get to high school, that's when we need to start thinking about, okay, how, you know, who are the top guys in, in nationally? You know, like who do we need to kind of focus in on? And how do we get to go play them? You know, so, but, you know, up until then, you know, just have fun. All right, face-off whisperer. I've been waiting for the X and O part here. So let's roll as an old Calvert Hall face-off guy back in the 80s Uh-oh. and at Loyola. Just, I'm still coming back. So first, I guess my first part of my question is, like, if you had to say top three traits of a face-off guy or four, you say these guys are just really good and they all kind of have the same three traits in common. What are they? I mean, quick reflexes. You need to have eyes on the back of your head, like I say. You know, you need to kind of have that sixth sense for where the ball is at all times. And a strong stick. I mean, you got you to gotta be able to pick ground balls in tough situations and in tight spots. So I would say those are my three. If I say quick hands, you say? Yeah, quick hands will get. Yeah, quick hands are great, but quick hands, not you know, if you're if you're just practicing facing off, and you're not practicing kind of the the couple seconds after you know getting the ball to your attackman, throwing, catching ground balls, you're just you might just kind of get crossed off that list. If I say counter moves, what comes to mind? Yeah, listen, I mean, with the new rule changes. Counter guys, you can you can go. What's great about these new rules is you can go into this face. You can go into faceoffs now, really not having a dominant clamp, and you can just be a better athlete than some of these other kids and just win the ball back. You can lift their stick. You can, you know, if a guy's popping the ball up, you can literally just kind of intercept the ball. If you're a better athlete, you will find a lot more success at the faceoff. And so now with some of those rule changes, it's almost old school. Like I swear, some of these things come around, no doubt, come around and go around back to the days I. It becomes more like checkers, where you make a move, I make a move, and that's where the wings kind of come get involved too. Yeah. You know, back in the day, you had signals. To when you have two really good face-off guys facing off against each other, you know, your wing guys really do become huge. A little bit more, just keep going with the wings, because I remember at Episcopal, you kind of taught a lot of the other coaches about wing play and how to get those guys involved in like a street fight. Yeah, it's a mind game, you know. You know, you you want the uh, your opponent your 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 opponent that you're facing off against to kind of maybe think that you're doing one thing and you line the face, you know, and and that that guy is looking at his his opponent's wings and maybe thinking that they're going to go down what, you know, one alley when w- once that whistle blows they're going to end up somewhere completely different. So it's, it's, a, it's a chess match. And it's one of the most under-practiced aspects of the game. Uh, Coach, great points on wing play. So let's kind of circle back a little bit on the rule changes. Could you walk us through them from the past? So 2020 was a crazy year. We had COVID and, you know, guy seasons, a couple games in. And then about a month or two later, we get, as in the face-off community, we kind of got dropped with a bomb that 
you can now no longer face off knee down and you had to stand up like back in the day and you had to use a um, standing neutral grip where you're now you know gripping your stick completely different so you have guys now who have taken taken thousands of face-off reps you know with their with their hands lined up completely different and they just they just said hey this is how it's going to be good figure luck figure it out did everyone figure it out or were there some I'll, guys I'll, that- yeah, I'll never forget that day when we heard about the rule changes i kind of put a a uh, mass text out to all the local philly guys and i'm like listen i'm gonna be in because covid was going on so like yeah. i i didn't want to uh go anywhere inside i'm like i'm gonna be at this public park in, in media pennsylvania at Ro- at uh, lenai park anybody wants to come meet me and let's try out these new rules let's go And we had like 30 or 35 guys there, you know, that are currently in college, some of our top high school guys, and we got right to work. And I'll never forget that. I, I, you know, those, you know, those guys, the Zach Coles, the Mike Sisselbergers, the Jake Fops, the James Riley's, they were there religiously all summer. Crazy. And they, they took right to it. They weren't complaining. They didn't whine about it. They got, they, they, Dug right in, and you know the, the proof is in the pudding now. Coach Bodner, awesome to getting to know you a little bit better and uh, learning more here. We're going to move on to our homework section. Uh, for you as a teacher, it'll be a, a fun one, something up your alley. Give us something for coaches. I think for coaches, just incorporating the face-off more into practice. I, a couple guys I know, they start their, start their drills off with a face-off. And they go and then, you know, whoever wins kind of takes it down to that offensive or offensive side of the field and they get into their six on six, you know, something as simple as that. Is that from watching next practice last night? Cause I had a little face off to transition one way, six on six, we throw another ball. Was that, that wasn't yeah, it, okay. it, it sounds right. about right. Coach Bodner, how about some homework for players? For players? Listen, I mean, don't, don't be the guy sitting in the corner. Uh, listen, come, come train, you know, when you're, when you're, Practicing face practicing face offs is one thing, but going to a club practice or a high school practice, go get in those midfield drills and go be the most well rounded face off midfielder that you can be. For face off parents who are listening. For face off parents, I would say you know, find somebody, whether it's a uh, parent from a maybe an older an older older player or uh, you know, a coach and really try to plan ahead and, and not play in too much, especially, if, especially for face-off guys, you know, the, 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 um, uh, burnout is real. And, you know, if you're not a hundred percent going into these tournaments as a face-off guy, if your body is not at a hundred percent, you know, it, all it takes is a couple face-offs to really, uh, rub, rub coaches the wrong way. And then last, what are you reading or listening to these days? I got, I have this one book that I'm, I've been real into. I know you guys are big John Gordon fans. Uh, this, this guy, Damon West, he's, he falls off the John Gordon kind of coaching tree, kind of like a, you know, he's like the Belichick of, of uh, John Gordon's like the Belichick of, of, of inspiration. But this guy, you know, he worked with, he, he's worked with John Gordon before. It's this book called The Change Agent change agent highly recommend it coach your passion is admirable and your knowledge of the art of facing off 
um, equally so. So. Thank you. Appreciate it. Really. Yeah. Wanted to thank John again. Um, you can follow his work with Philly Faceoff or First Start Sports. And you're still a coach with Springfield High School. Yeah, I'll be back coach at Springfield Lemieux. this year. Any Faceoff guys out there interested in watching some film too, go to the Faceoff Zone YouTube channel. They can get a ton of stuff on there as well. Awesome. Yeah, I was listening to some of your podcasts. It looks like you've, yeah. you've uh, stopped producing a little bit. So good thing you met Justin tonight. Maybe he can uh, keep you going. But I was listening and like Coach said, work in progress. your passion is awesome. And your, your work in the Philly lacrosse community is very impactful. So as this episode comes to a close, uh, we'd like to give a special thanks to this week's sponsors, the Old State Tavern and also the Neon Rainbows um, from Coach Henwood. Thanks to our guest, Coach John Bodner. Keep up the good work. We'll see you on the sideline soon, probably around midfield somewhere, checking in on one of your many students. 50-yard line. On behalf of the crew here at Next, my co-host Kate Henwood and Bill Leahy, as well as our producer Justin, we thank you for listening to the More Than a Club podcast. We're signing off from here in the Next headquarters in Conshohocken. Yande Nose. <laughs>